everybody. Welcome to our Torah podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devorim, Shabbos Chazon, the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av. There's always an interesting connection between the Parsha of the week and the period of the year. And Parsha's Devorim has many interesting uh, connections to Tisha B'Av too. We'll talk about that shortly. The podcast is dedicated in memory of Herschel ben David, Mr. Harold Pasternak, brother of our good friend, Michael Pasternak. Chumash Devorim, the last book of the Torah, is was the, the final testament given by Moshe to the Jewish people shortly before his passing. The entire book actually was said within the last month before he passed away. And the good part of it is words of rebuke to the Jewish people for different types of things, sins that they committed over the 40 years in the desert. Matter of fact, Rashi tells us an interesting observation. The very first Pesach, Eilat Dvarim, these are the words that Moshe spoke to the Jewish people, on the other side of the Jordan River, by Midbar in the wilderness, Barova on the Mul Suf, on the on the plains opposite Suf, opposite the Sea of Reeds, between Poran, between Tophel, Belovan and Lovan and Chatseris and Dizahav. Rashi tells us we find no such names anywhere in Scripture. And he says these are not real names. They're sort of like discovered, disguised disguised names of little places of the types of sins that the people committed in those places. And the Torah doesn't want, Moshe didn't want to draw attention to it too much. He didn't want to embarrass them about bringing up things that were unpleasant for them. So he gave like subtle reminders of the sins that were done in different types of places. So for example, the idea of Vulavan is the, uh, Lovan literally refers to white. That refers to the sin of that which they complained about the mon, which was white. Bechatzeros, now there's the sin when they sent the when they sent when the, the uh, uprising of Korach, and Bedizahav, Bedizahav literally means an abundance of gold, which was a sin that they committed by the golden calf when they had an abundance of gold, etc. We see from over here that even when a person embarrasses somebody, chastises somebody, and tells them off, it's important to be able to maintain their dignity and not they shouldn't be embarrassed. One of the sins that Moshe reproved, gave, or rebuked them for is for the sin of the spies. Moshe tells them, that you, sent, all came up, you came over to me. But when you said, We want to send people ahead of us. That they scout out the land. And they should bring back to us the way, the strategy, which way we should go. Which cities we should we should first come to? And Moshe tells the Jewish people, It was okay. The idea was good in my eyes. And I took 12 people, and I sent them, and they, sent, they spied out the land. They brought back the fruits, and they said, Indeed, Indeed, the land is good that Hashem wants to give us. However, and then they said afterwards, Moshe tells what the Jewish people said, but you didn't want to go up. You built against Hashem, and you spoke negatively about the land, etc. seems a little bit strange what happened. It sounds like they came to ask him a legitimate concern they had. They wanted to know exactly how to be able to conquer the land. Moshe seemed to agree with it, and they came back with a positive report. And all of a sudden, it seems they didn't want to go, they rebelled again, they spoke negatively about the land. What happened exactly? Rashi seems to imply that the mere request for sending spies in and of itself was acceptable. Moshe didn't have a problem with that. The problem seems to have been more the approach. 
how they came, how they came asking. He draws a parallel between the way they came here. Tikuv and Elai Kuchem, you all came over to me. And later he talks about, by the giving of the Torah, the Apostle tells us over there, Tikuv and Elai Kol Came all the heads of your tribes and the elders came to me and they said, that although they heard the first two commandments directly from the Almighty, they were considered it was too overpowering for them. They said, it would be okay if you can hear the commandments and you'll relay them over to us yourself. And Moshe agreed to that. Over there it says, you came to me, the heads of your tribes and the elders, they came in an orderly fashion. They came, they gave respect to the elders, they sent the elders ahead to speak to Moshe directly. We have a request to make. When they came like that, with an organized, orderly manner, Moshe had no problem accepting acquiescing to their request. Here the Torah doesn't tell us that. Here the Torah says, Vatikuv and Elai Kuchem, you all came to me, which implies they came almost like a mob. They came as in, in, in with turmoil. Everybody that was pushing ahead of one another and the elders and the and the younger ones and the people and the, the, the ignorant ones and the scholar, and the scholarly ones, the leaders, everybody was everybody came together. There was Bedlam. When that came with that type of an approach, that already showed there was some there was that was a red flag, so to say. Something was wrong over here. And that's what Moshe showed his concern was not so much the request. I was okay with the request. And they came back with the positive the report was also okay. But I saw right away the way they asked, the way they came to me, the way they approached me, there's something wrong with that. And the result, unfortunately, was because they didn't show respect for one another, even when they came back and brought back a positive report. They doubted them, and they said, you know, what the other types of things that they saw there, and that the spies themselves said, yeah, we saw other things that were very difficult. We said, Eretz Achel so he, it was a land that devoured its inhabitants. Rashi explains, they saw there were many funerals taking place. The Almighty did that as a favor for them. They should be involved bearing their disease so they shouldn't notice the, the spies. It wouldn't bother them at all. Also, they said they, that, they said the land itself seems like a, a, a powerful land. It seems like a land of people over there where people very strong, Anchi Midos, people that were very strong and, and very large dimensions. And it's too difficult for us. We can't, we can't, we can't overpower them. It's true. They may have had a, the land may have been a people where people that were strong and healthy. That may very well have been because the land itself produced this kind of people. The food in the land itself was very healthy and was able, was able, to, was able to grow very strong people. When they're facing the Almighty, do you think there's any problem? Do you think it makes a difference to God whether the people themselves were strong, whether they weren't strong? Is it possible that Hashem can't overpower anybody else? But they didn't think about that. They came, they were, they were all, everybody was coming, it was disorderly. Everybody's concerned about themselves, panic, so to say. When there's panic struck, then they can't think straight. And everything else came about as a result of that. And the people cried that night, the Apostle tells us. They cried that night and said, we don't want to go into the land. We're afraid to go into land. We don't want this promised land that Hashem, that Hashem wants to give us. The rabbis tell us, that night they came back was Tishabov, the ninth day of Av. And the Almighty said, yeah, you're crying tonight, a you're crying for no good purpose. Right now, I'm giving you, I've, I've given you something which is the most beautiful land you can possibly imagine both physically and spiritually speaking. You'll be able to accomplish, you'll be able to grow, you'll be able to do great things over there. That's the land that was intended for the Torah to be kept in that, in the land of Israel. And you don't want it? You're crying? 
I promise you that this day in the future will be a day designated for crying. This will be a day in the future that will be full of tragedy too. And indeed, unfortunately, over the course of history, the first space of Migdash was destroyed on, the, on the, this day. Four to 90 years later, the second base of Migdash was destroyed on this day, the day of Tisha And 60 or so years later, the city of Beitar was destroyed. And throughout the course of the exile, many, many tragedies, many terrible things happen on Tisha Because when they don't appreciate, when they came with this bad, bad approach, they didn't appreciate what Hashem was giving them, the great gift that he was giving them and didn't appreciate it. Hashem said that you're crying for no reason. In the future, I'll tell you, I'll give you something to cry about. And this will be a long-lasting lesson for the, for the Jewish people. The importance of how a person has to present himself. It's not enough just to be able to make a request. It's not enough just to be able to, be, to come across with a sensible, logical understanding of something. You have to have the right approach too. You have to, what, what is your re, what's the reason? What's the rationale behind it? We find in the Haggadah by the four sons, the first son is the wise son, and the Torah tells us that he asked the question, What's the significance of the different types of mitzvahs, the statutes, the chukim, the, 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 the testimonials, the mitzvahs that Hashem has instructed you? And the apostle tells how he's supposed to explain to them. They give him a good answer. But the wicked son, when your son will say to you, What is this service to you about? And over there, we say, You should blunt his teeth when he, the way he speaks like this. Now the commentaries are bothered by that. What exactly did he do wrong? He's not, what did he say? Some people say, because it's Eschem, your service, service to you, as if he's excluding himself. But the truth is, the wise son also said, what is the significance of the statutes and the laws that Hashem our God has instructed you? What's the difference? The answer is because when the, when the wise son asks this question, the apostle tells us, Ki yishok, when your son will ask you this question, when the wicked son asks the question, it says, Ki when your son will say to you, it's not a matter of semantics, it's not a matter of words, it's a matter of how it came across. The wise son comes across, comes across inquisitively, can you explain to you? I don't understand. What's the significance behind this? A good question is there's a good answer. When the wicked son comes, though, it doesn't say he asks. He says to you. He's making a statement. The implication is he's not interested in an answer. He's come with complaints. If he come with complaints, he's not deserving of an answer. He's not going to engage him in discussion, not, discuss, not engaging in polemics. If you're not interested in an answer, blunt his teeth. He doesn't have the place over here necessarily. That's the Torah's Moshe's teaching the Jewish people over here. It's, it wasn't so much the question, it wasn't so much the request that you made. It's how you made the request. The way you came in a disorderly fashion, they came with everybody complaining, everybody is jumping in front of everybody else and pushing and shoving. That shows something. It shows that the intention, the question is not a good question, not coming from a good place. And when the question, the request is not coming from a good place, inevitably, the results and the consequences are not going to be good either. And many, many years later, the time of the base of the time of the temple, the Abbas tells us the second base of the was destroyed because of lack of sensitivity to one another. Sinas chinam, unwarranted hatred. It's interesting because when it says, when the spies came back, they cried, Bechisha chinam. They cried a cry for no reason. 
The Beis Hamidosh was disturbed because of sinas chinam, hatred for no reason. It all stems from the same source. It comes from a, from a, from a bad attitude. It comes from a, from a, an attitude of coming with complaints, not a serious understanding of something. They didn't show proper respect to each other by the sin of the spies. They didn't show proper respect to each other, to each other in the Beis Hamidosh. And the result in both, unfortunately, was catastrophic. They were forced to spend 40 years wandering the desert, and that entire generation would die out before entering into the land of Israel. And the second base Middash was destroyed, and the Jewish people were banished into exile, from which we still have not recovered. We're still in this exile for almost close to 2,000 years already, waiting ultimately for the Mashiach to come. It's important for us to understand the necessity with coming a little forced, a little proper preparation, sensitivity, when we come to make a request, when we come to do something properly. This is in great contrast to what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago with the daughters of Tzlafchad. They also came with complaints. Why should our father's portion be different than anybody else's? But they came properly. They came with the right type of a, with humility. They came with a, with, a, with a desire to know the truth. They said, "We are, listen, we're willing to accept it. If it's something with their logic, if the thing didn't make sense, we're more than happy to be able to accommodate. We just want to understand and when they came with that type of an approach, Moshe was happy to give them the answer. And indeed, Hashem gave them the portion of the land. But when they came with a negative approach, like they did over here with the spies, then everything, everything changes. Everything was much different. It's an important lesson for us as we come into the last days, last stretch before Tishabov. Tishabov, that day we still mark, still day, that day of mourning for oh, almost 2,000 years since the destruction of the second base of Megdash, and a little over 2,000 years since the destruction of the first base of Megdash. And every year the, Dev, the Talmud tells us that every generation, every year, the temple is not rebuilt. It's considered as if the temple is destroyed in that year, in that generation. And if the temple is destroyed because of sinatschina, because of unwarranted hatred, because of insensitivity, the only way it's going to be rebuilt is by doubling our efforts to the contrary, to be able to make sure that it is, we have the proper sensitivity. We come with the proper type of an approach, the proper attitude to the Almighty. And then, God willing, he should send us the Mashiach, the Redeemer, may be speedily in our days. Have a great Shabbos and an easy fast. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.